But don't you think that it's sheer international gangsterism to try to force um, uh, your monetary system down the throat of somebody else? So, so like you just said, uh, China produces um, almost for the whole world. It's the factory for the whole world. Africa is the factory for China. China is the factory for the whole world. So now if you cut the middleman out, which is the United States and the dollar, she doesn't get a percentage of the, the international transactions. And at the same time, she cannot manipulate the currency rates to um, cause inflation or cause a spike in food or dropping this, which ultimately cause uprisings in other countries or the overthrow of government. government. So don't you think this, is, this has a lot of international gangsterism to it? Oh, I'm totally. I mean, U.S. has for for decades since 1970s. They because the U.S. dollar has the the status of world reserve currency. They can just print how however they want. They know the world will take it. You know, they can export inflation to the rest of the world. Um, and 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 this is why uh, uh, you know, U.S. can enjoy the 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 living standard it has. Um, even though it has been hollowing out its own manufacturing base in United States. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, instead it breeds these, you know, financial elite who don't really produce anything at, uh, at the end of the day. This would have gone on a lot longer if the U.S. had been smart about it and not throwing sanction around all over. So they're, they're sanctioning on Russia after Ukraine war. That's really the trigger for the latest progression of de-dollarization. And suddenly, you know, Russia find itself locked out of the international financial system. It got taken off the SWIFT. And and they look at it, okay, well, we have a lot of resources. We have a lot of oil, a lot of food that people worlds want. Uh, you know, we have China to our south that needs these goods. Um, you know, we can just transact using Chinese currency. <laughs> and, and then we, we, you know, we, we got around this whole dollar issue. And with Iran's admission into BRICS, you have another member who have a very strong incentive to push for delautorization because Iran is, is, uh, has been sanctioned even longer than Russia mm-hmm. has been. And again, Iran is a major oil producer, oil and gas. So they, they, Iran just ironed out a deal with with China, where China is going to come in and and build them a, a two points brand new modern airport, and and you will be paid with Iranian crude oil. Um, you know, U.S. dollar not needed without the sanction. They they might have just you know go ahead and pay with the dollar because that that's the easiest way forward. But now U.S. had intentionally put in obstacles for those nations. To participate in the dollar market. So, okay, so now, now all of the BRICS are calling for de-dollarization from Brazil to South Africa. So we, we, we're going to see this bull ro- rolling. And it's, this is, this is why a lot of people are uh, producing copium in the U.S. press right now. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, they understand this is a big deal. They understand BRICS. Yeah, they, they understand BRICS is a big deal, but now they're saying, they're trying to put a brave face and say, oh, the BRICS club is for losers. They're, they're irrelevant. Uh, you know, if they're, they're irrelevant, you wouldn't be even talking about them. And, and, and go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. It, it was something that you said triggered something in me. Now, when we go back to the sanctions on Russia, 
um, it was America's plan to keep China and Russia apart. The, in the um, leadership of Russia, I believe that some of them still wanted to believe that they were going to eventually integrate into the Western system. But when the United States doubled down and put the gas on trying to um, break Russia, I think they came to a unwanted realization that Russia's future is with Eurasia because the majority of Russia is in Asia, not in Europe, but is in Asia. And when you look at the things, um, the policies call, think about this, unintended consequences. These sanctions cause the world to see the hidden hand behind all of these arrogant policies. And then you push Russia into the arms of China and then Russia connects the, the MIR system with the union pay system. The, uh, Eurasia is about to connect. The Eurasian Economic Union is about to connect to the union pay system. Um, the Iranian um, system, uh, independent pay system, is now operable with the union pay system. And the West Asian um, um, Economic Union is thinking about connecting to the union pay system. I might add, for those of you who don't know, that the union pay system is a Chinese um, a payment system, and you have Latin American and African nations now connecting to the union pay system. So these arrogant policies have now pushed the world towards China and integrating economically and politically with the Chinese instead of with American and Europe. And what what do you think was in their mind, and what do you think is still in their mind to continue to double and triple down on failed policies? Well, it, it's American hubris, right? I mean, it's, it's American exceptionalism. This is, this is, this kind of thinking led them to think they can win against Russia. They're still pushing for war against Russia, uh, you know, until victory. Like, what does that mean? What does victory against Russia even look like? They think they can, there will be like Napoleon marching onto Moscow. I mean, this is delusional. I mean, I think finally some reality is finally seeping in. If you notice, there's a, a big change in the atmosphere in the press lately about the Ukraine war. And not, now more and more people are coming to realize, okay, this is, Russia is not going to be defeated. Ukraine war actually is not going well for the West. Um, but that has not translated into any concrete policy action yet. You know, there's nobody in the West and finally say, okay, may, maybe we do need China to come in as a peace broker to 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 broker a, uh, a peace deal and, and stop the freeze the conflict. Um, because the, the 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 that hubris, the arrogance is deep, very very deep, man. Because they, they 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 have to accept that uh, for them. To accept that U.S. is just another uh, uh, country among the, the the community of nations, that that's a hard it's a hard pill to swallow. It's, but you know, USA number one that has been ingrained into uh, into everyone from a young age. They they, they can't they can't outgrow it, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> well, what do you th- see? They're going after the Brazil. Um, they believe that in the BRICS, Brazil and South Africa, they, they look at them as two, two weak leaks. Maybe if we don't offer South Africa this, this money from the IMF, then maybe we can make them capitulate and, and throw a monkey wrench into China and the BRICS plan. And now they're openly talking about trying to balkanize Brazil. I'm, I'm serious. This is something that is talked about openly now. 
of trying to vulcanize Brazil because Brazil refuses to bag the West and is, is making its way with China and the BRICS. I'm, there's an old saying, when you're in a ditch, stop digging. I, uh, why won't they stop digging? They're in the ditch. They're alienating people. And like the congressman said, he, he let the cat out of the bag when he said this. He said, China is in 140 countries with the Belt and Road Initiative. They see that as the the just the end all be all because with that, it's an alternative to the Western dominated SWIFT system. With that, there's an alternative for lending for uh, and borrowing and, 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 and not with these uh, uh, parasitic terms that the West put on these nations, these crippling um, um, terms and, and agreements that if I loan you this, first of all, they put them in poverty. Then they um, say that um, we'll, we'll give you a loan to do this. And when you get the loan, they dictate that you can't use the loan to get the people out of poverty. You must use it to invest back into the Western economies. I mean, what do these people see what's going on or, or are they in bizarro world? They're definitely in the bizarre, bizarro world. They live in their, uh, in their own bubble, right? Like all, all they get, their feedback they're getting is from their own think tanks that they have, they have themselves have founded. It's like, uh, it's like they produce so much propaganda as they start to believe in it. You know, that's a, always the worst mistake. Never believe in your own propaganda. Uh, they're, they're losing a sense of reality and, and, and when when confronted with reality they got hostile i think the you know xi jinping his concluding remark at the BRICS summit he, he said it very well he said we need to promote development and prosperity for all many emerging markets and developing countries have come to what they are today after shaking off the yoke of colonialism with pres- perseverance hard work, and huge sacrifice. We succeeded in gaining independence and have been exploring development paths suited to our national conditions. Everything we do is to deliver better lives to our people. But some country, obsessed with maintaining its hegemony, has gone out of its way to cripple the developing countries and emerging markets. Whoever is developing fast became the target of containment. Whoever is catching up became its target of obstruction. But this is futile, and I have said more than once that blowing out one's lamp will not bring light to oneself. Uh, <laughs> very, very well said, and we all know what some country Xi Jinping is referring referring to without naming names. Um, but you know, this, 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 the problem is the U.S. elite. Uh, at the point, they refuse to accept the reality, so they're fighting it. They're still fighting tooth and nail to preserve their own hegemony, which is slipping out of their fingers. Oh, man. It, it is absolutely astonishing that grown men and women running, they're supposed to be over the most powerful government on the planet, seem like they can't add one plus one to come up with two. Every time they add something up, it's 45. One plus one is 45 today. One plus one is 35 today. They make it fit their narrow thinking, their narrow mind, and, and instead of preserving hegemony, they are now um, alienating the entire globe. And they see China as a threat, like like um, 
Putin's church says in the um in the comment section about uh, he, he make he's making fun about what they say about China's debt trap, right? He's making fun because you know the West loves to use that. They're in Africa and they're doing this in Latin America, the debt trap, and this, and they don't sit back and look at the the path that they blazed to become economic and political powers. They don't look and they and they minimize. The, the importance of the lives that were lost for them to become powers, but they, and then they project on um, China and on Iran and on other nations. Like, as you were talking, I thought about something when you were talking about anybody that rises up to challenge the United States. And I thought about in the 80s how Japan was a manufacturing powerhouse, right? In Japan, the economy was on part to, to challenge the United States, but because the United States had control over certain levels of Japan, they stymied and then and, and then imploded the Japanese economy because they saw it as a threat. I believe the reason that they are lashing out at China too is because they don't have those same levers to stop China's rise or China's um, uh, emergence as a global economic, political, and military power. And, and to see a non-white, non-Western nation on par with the West. That, that's blasphemous in the eyes of the think tanks and those people who are, um, I would say, indoctrinated with imperial hubris. What do you say about that? I, I remember that. I came to United States in 1990. This was at the height of kind of the, the Japan scare in United States. They were like... Uh, uh, they were de destroying the Toyotas with sledgehammers <laughs> on TV. And then they have, uh, the movie Rising Sun. Uh, you know, that's like the so, uh, the, those Japanese are coming here, buying up everything, taking our women, you know, and, and it's, but, but, but Japan, because it's not an independent nation, it's militarily occupied by United States since World War II. So you cannot say no to United States, even though the Tokyo governor wrote a book called Japan can say no. But no, actually, they can't. They can't say no when, when U.S. have the boots on the ground. So in 1985, United States imposed what's called the Plaza Accord on Japan. That actually caused the deflate, uh, the, the pop of the Japan bubble that directly led to the crippling of the Japanese economy, uh, led to the lost decades. Um, afterwards, so and th this is, but 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 right now, U.S. is trying to do the same same thing to China. This is this is why the U.S. sanction on on high tech sectors, on the uh, sales of advanced semiconductors to China. But China and Russia, they're like Lavrov said, China and Russia are true sovereign nations. Mm -hmm. We are not beholden to United States, and this is why U.S. find it very upsetting. <laughs> Because <laughs> now there's two countries that can act according to their own national okay. interests rather than to be a, a, a puppy dog of the United States. So this they have to do whatever yeah. they can to undermine China and Russia. And in doing so, they're just pushing China and Russia closer and closer together. You know, as you mentioned, you know, Russia in the in the beginning after the collapse of Soviet Union, they very much wanted to join the West. Um, you know, one of the reasons Soviet Union collapsed is because the Soviet elite back then, they wanted to join the Western elite. They want to be the ones that also like outright owning properties and go on vacation in Europe and own mega yachts, you know, sail the world. 
And they, they, they got all of that. But what they didn't get is respect. Um, mm-hmm. You know, immediately after the collapse of the Soviet Union, the, the West had pushed the NATO forward. Um, even in 2000, Na- Putin was saying, we can join NATO. Russia, we'd like to join NATO. 2000. This was 2000, you know. And, and of course, America laughed at them. So, like, no, of course not. <laughs> the, reason, the whole reason for NATO's existence is to contain Russia. Uh, and, and, you know, so, so now, now they have forced Russia to turn away from its Western orientation. Because Russia has always had kind of this dual identity with mm-hmm. its one foot in Europe one foot in Asia, but since the Peter the Great, Russia has been looking west, you know, to join, be part of the west. And what 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 United States and its allies, its its uh, vassal states in Europe is doing is that they slap Russia across, they slap Russia in the face and said no. And 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 and, and now what United States foreign policy has created is this. Nightmare that envisioned by Brzezinski and is when Russia, China, Iran join together to form the, the what he sees anti-American alliance. Except now it's more than Russia, China, and Iran. You know, with the BRICS, you have countries in Latin America, you have Brazil, you, you have countries in Africa, South Africa. Uh, and, and, and now we have, uh, you know, you have oil producers, Saudi, Iran. You have uh, Ethiopia, Ethiopia, a, a big African country, and and Egypt, the biggest Arab nation, and and, and now uh, if you look at the percentage of GDP uh, at the power purchasing parity level, the the BRICS is already larger than G7, and with these additional new members that that come January uh, 2024, it's going to be even bigger, and 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 BRICS already okay. produced. The world's majority of, uh, uh, it already contains the world's largest oil producers, uh, outside the United States. And it, it, all the, um, all the nations that, that, that produce food, food, energy, and manufacturing center. Uh, you know, the BRICS doesn't need the West. Well, people in the West have this delusional thinking that they need us to consume. They need us to consume their goods. No, they don't. They can produce goods for themselves. <laughs> I mean, there, there, there are plenty of people in, in, in the global south and need television, need, 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 need laptops, need, need, uh, need cell phones. Why do they need, why do they need you sitting in Paris and Washington to consume for them? No, thank you. You know, I did a show two years ago. I, th- I think it was two years ago when I finally got on YouTube. It was called um, We're Number One No More. And it, and it was about a 45, 50-minute um, show, and I replayed it this week. And it's about the paradigm, the economic paradigm and political shift that is that went, that went was underway. And a lot of people don't know that according to the metrics, China actually surpassed the United States in 2015 in, in purchasing power parity. A lot of people don't know that. Um, because the Chinese are humble, um, and, and they allowed America to be drunk on whatever they want to be drunk on, and 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 they kept their heads low and kept grinding towards where they are today. And so, in that video that I did, there is an article that I referenced, and this article is referenced from um, October the fifteenth, twenty twenty, and and the name of the article is it is from the National Interest. You know, one of those uh, magazines, the nationalinterest.org. And um, 
It was October 15th, 2020. And the, the title of it is called China is now the world's largest economy. We shouldn't be shocked. Now, before I um, talked about that article, I referenced um, CBS and I think NBC actual um, uh, newscast from 2015 talking about China has surpassed the United States. And so I flipped it forward to 2020 at the time. And I want you to listen to the first paragraph of this. And this is what has the U.S. panties in a crawl right now. Okay. Um, it says China is now the largest economy. We shouldn't be shocked. China has now displaced the U.S. to become the largest economy in the world, measured by the more refined yardstick that both the IMF and the CIA now judge to be the single best metric for comparing national economies. The IMF report shows that China's economy is one-sixth larger than America's at $24.2 trillion versus the United States' $20.8 trillion. Why can't we admit reality? What does this mean? This is what they were talking about in the national interest in 2020. And in the article, as it uh, it goes on and it says, um, despite the this uh, unambiguous statement from the two most authoritative sources, most of the uh, mainstream press, with the exception of the Economist, continue reporting the U.S. economy is number one. So what's going on? See, they're even they were even perplexed because all the metrics that are used to to um, measure the strength of an economy, the growth of an economy, the power of the economy, all had shifted. And I'm talking about far shifted in China's corner than in the U.S. corner. In that same year, that same month that this article came out, um, we were in the midst of the pandemic. And um, you can pull up the article, it's on uh, RT, and they were talking about the United States economy was expected to lose 16 points some trillion dollars a year. So if your economy is a 20 billion, 20.2 billion, and you lost 16 point some trillion, how can you rationalize that your economy is bigger than China's economy, which is 24.2 at the time, trillion dollars? Make this make sense to be called. Okay, so so now there are two ways of accounting for economy. One is power purchase parity, which is based on how much the money can buy you in that particular country. Um, by that metric, China has surpassed United States a long time ago. Um, and the other one is in the nominal dollar terms, which is priced in U.S. dollars. But we all know that that game is rigged. <laughs> I mean, you know, like like... The dollar goes up five percent, uh, you know, uh, against RMB, and then then th- th- does that mean that somehow the Chinese economy shrunk by five percent? No, <laughs> like people in China barely felt the impact unless you know they're paying for American goods. Uh, and so, so this is, uh, you know, th- this is why the real economists, you know, have you know, always look at both. You know, you have to look at nominal dollar t- terms and the and the PPP, um, you know, because you know, the nominal dollar term uh, uh, GDP at one point, it, it did reflect something. You reflected how much, uh, you know, the world desire your goods versus, you know, mm-hmm. because sometimes even though your, your, your money goes further in your own country, but 
because your export is not so desired, so the, the price lower uh, in the dollar terms. But but today, I mean, China is a manufacturer, is the factory of the world. They, they already make everything, and 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 so so all these kind of you know the, the the dollar term, you know, because we have the the, the Fed that that's manipulating the rates, uh, you know that. But 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 whatever they do, they're not making just by their their decree at the Federal Reserve. It's not going to make the Chinese economy shrink, right? <laughs> and, and, because that's not happening. So um, this is, but this allowed people, you know, Western elite feel better about themselves. You know, they can still look at the chart like, ah, oh, we're still ahead of China. <laughs> There's nothing to worry about. <laughs> you know, I, I actually like the Peter Zihan school of geopolitics. They keep on saying, oh, don't worry. China have all these headwinds. They have a demographic collapse. You know, China is going to collapse on its own. We don't need to worry about them. I actually like that. That, that like, no, I, I like it when they just keep their head in the sand and, and pretend nothing is going to happen and then just let China quietly take over <laughs> and, and, and raise their head. But, but, but right now we have, um, instead we have politicians who are trying to make hay. Uh, so, so they say, Oh, China is threatening our way of life. It's how China, it's because of China, Chinese manufacturing that United States can maintain the standard of living they have right now because otherwise everything will be hell expensive. Mm-hmm. And, and we can see that from the recent sanctions, uh, on Russia, that everything, all the energy price went up. Everything went up when they sanctioned China. Uh, suddenly all the, uh, uh, Chinese manufactured, uh, computer goods, electronics also, also went up. And, and this is all the doing of the United States government. Uh, you know, they don't care because, you know, for, for them, the, the inflation doesn't hurt the billionaires too much. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. You know, the, it's, it's the average people who have to spend their hard earned incomes to purchase necessary goods every day. That's getting hurting. You know, for the billionaire, uh, it's just a, just a number. <laughs> you know, they have plenty of money in the bank. Uh, but, but this is why they're so out of touch. With, with the average uh, average Americans, uh, the average reality of the country, and and this is something something has to change, man. Something has to change in the United States. <laughs> either either we we change them, uh, you know, either they they need to change, or, or I think the American people need to change them. <laughs> need, to, need to throw them out of the office uh, because you know I, I just don't see this. This keep going. You you can you can fool people. Some people, some of the time, you can't pe- fool people all, all all of them at all, all the time, man. I mean, right. like this is getting getting really ridiculous. I, I'm actually coming to United States in a month, so I, <laughs> I will be I will I will bear witness uh, to to the shit show once again. <laughs> Everybody, please like, subscribe, and comment.